Tom, are you are you all right? You got a you got something different, a bit of a glow about you. I've entered a next generation of gaming, Matthew. Oh my God, Tom Parry, are you in four K? Fourteen forty p. Ooh la la, it's Tom on that attack. Yeah, Tom Parry, look at you. Um, first off, I think we need to apologise before we get into this. Uh, so there were some some events, shall we say, between the time we last podcasted and this time we are now recording um, in the middle of April. First off, um, we recorded a podcast, very good podcast, I must say. Oh, it was and... the best podcast you'll never hear. Exactly. We can big um, it up as much as we like because no one will ever hear it. We can say it was the greatest thing we've ever done, but it, it was actually it was a good yeah, podcast. It was bad, yeah, not bad. I made notes, like notes that I have saved because they were so good that I was like, well, I I feel I need to have them. Um, and unfortunately, there were some recording errors our end, so that has been written off. I that's I my tried fault, my... by the way. Ah, you don't have to take the full blame for oh, it. Oh, I'll, I'll take the full. I didn't. Um... Change the input device on uh, our recording program. Yeah, and it meant that there, there were a lot of airplanes, um, and I got annoyed listening to it after 15 minutes, and I was the one who was actually talking. So I was like, "Well, people aren't going to want to listen to this." This is Matt a, used his best judgment and killed killed that podcast straight off. <laughs> I did, um, and unfortunately, as you can probably hear, I've had a bit of a throat infection for two weeks, which is why my lilting Welsh tones sound uh, garbled and horrible at the moment, or at least they do in my head, so hopefully they don't on a microphone, which has meant that we've had to then delay podcasting since then. And we've disappeared with no explanation like normal. Exactly. That's what we do, Tom. (laughs) It's what is expected of us by our audience. Um, So, yeah, here we are again. Let's take it from the top, Tom Parry. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, Tom, you've bought a next-generation gaming console. Yeah, about about three weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I decided to take the leap into the next generation and purchase the Xbox Series S. It was probably the only next-generation console available at the time, <laughs> yeah. and maybe still is. Actually, last time I looked, I couldn't even see the Series S for sale on at least Amazon. But I decided to go for this one because it was the cheaper option. Yeah. I've I've come to the conclusion that this next generation of gaming is is kind of basic around high resolutions and faster frame rates and faster loading times. It doesn't seem to be exactly the same as previous generations where we've seen quite substantial graphical uh, updates. To me, it's the loading times and the resolution that seem to be the, the major selling points of uh, these latest consoles. 4K being the obvious thing, as more people buy 4K TVs, they're going to want 4K-capable games consoles. Of course, as we've already mentioned, the Series S is not 4K-compliant, and neither uh, does it have a disk drive uh, nope. either. So uh, there's a reason why it's slightly cheaper than the rest, but actually I think it's probably... That the greatest deal in gaming still right now at its current uh, price. If you want to get into next gen gaming on a budget, yeah. I mean, hey, I have been tempted. I have seen them a couple of times in the shop. I'm not going to lie. I've even been tempted by a Series X. I mean, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on this podcast where I went into a local uh, hardware shop and I saw it and I was like, oh, should I just get an Xbox? Like, honestly, I nearly bought Tom Parry yesterday. A- a pre-owned dual sense. Yeah, I almost picked up a controller yesterday. I was in El Giganten and I was like, oh, pre-owned controller or display model controller, 400 kroner. Yes, bargain. And I was like, well, is there any point in me buying this controller when I don't actually own a PS5 and probably won't for the next year? Yeah, so that's probably a good call not to have bought what could potentially be a useless uh, controller. I mean, I do For at have... least a period of time. I do have a an, an Xbox, um, one of the later Xbox uh, One controllers that I bought for someone because they wanted a controller, and then I bought it. And they're like, oh, no, thanks, I'm good, I got one. And I was like, 
dickhead. So well, you have two now, which isn't so bad. Yeah, one of them's still in the box though. I just I've never used that console. I've played all of three games on it: Limbo, Cuphead, and Rare Replay. So it just I which don't know. yes, you sort of like. Mm, is the uh, Xbox Series X the one you want to go for, or you know, are you now a dedicated uh, PlayStation uh, chap? I mean, I just don't think I have the games library. Like, I know there's a lot of 360 and original Xbox stuff that is backwards compatible that I could play on a mm. Series X, but it's like, do I really want to play Republic Commando? I know that game's just been released <laughs> on Switch, but, but yeah. like, is that what I'm going to do with my time? I'd Probably not. Well, I'm ready to sing the praises of the Series S and therefore the Series X, so... <laughs> you do it, all. Maybe you'll have a better, you know, opinion after after this. Actually, we, we did all this last time, the other podcast, so you probably, <laughs> probably make I no know difference your opinions, whatsoever. <laughs> but my opinions, okay. So, initially, I did have my concerns. Obviously, you've got no disk drive. You've got a relatively small hard drive for a console that is all digital. Yeah. However, you know... I've learned that it will, you know, quite easily take an existing external SSD drive. And if you're only playing uh, Xbox One games or Xbox 360, original Xbox games, off that external drive, you're not really losing out at all. Okay. Uh, because you don't see a, a, any improvement in those games, at least, if you're running them off the internal SSD. So you might as well just stick them on an external and save that that very valuable internal SSD space for those games which are only playable from that source, which yeah. are the ones uh, the optimize optimized Xbox uh, X and S games. Uh, I say optimized; it, it is very confusing. You know, you've got these <laughs> ones that are developed for the Series X, and but they might play on the uh, other console. It's it's very it still confuses me right uh, at this point but uh, uh, those games that were probably maybe um, optimized for this, the Xbox One X like Dead or Alive 6 or Halo 5 yeah, um, you see some nice benefits from that um, even when running them off the external SSD and the major takeaway I've had from uh, using the console for like three weeks now is uh, the lack of loading times it's it really is an amazing thing and one the thing i was most excited about moving into this next generation and in practice it it really does make a, a big difference for me at least yeah especially the new quick resume feature which i think you can cache about four games so you can move if there's four games you're playing you can move in between these games with no initial load time and okay. some games uh, for example Forza Horizon 4 have quite um, a lengthy initial load time. Also, Dead or Alive 6. These are two examples of games which, well, they were fine on the last generation of consoles. They had very slow loading times. Yeah. Um, and there are several games of the last generation like that. Um, I wouldn't say people need to rush out and buy the next generation of consoles right now because most games, they run fine on those systems. However, there are games like the ones I've mentioned where those load times are excruciatingly long in places. Yeah. And playing them on the uh, new systems actually giving those games a new lease of life for me. Yeah, I can imagine that being the case. I have seen yeah. a lot of people uh, kind of joke about playing things like Dishonored, like games that were clearly meant for old systems that have got HD remasters on these newer boxes. And then, you know, there being lots of tooltips and stuff on the loading screens usually that you would read, but you don't have time because the loading screen. Oh, <laughs> but I never really thought about that, actually. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, also, the system runs incredibly quietly. Yeah. You can't hear it. And it was quite funny. I went back to my PS3 to play uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. And uh, I didn't realise how noisy the PS3 was, particularly on that game where it's reading constantly from the disc all the time. Yeah. The disc reading on PS3 is, like, incredibly noisy. I mean, it is on the PS4 also. Like, it sounds like a small jet engine. Like, Well, that's, isn't that to m more to do with the fan? It is, yeah, but... Yeah, but it's, it's specifically, it was, a re it was like Dreamcast disc reading... Uh... <laughs> noise that I, I totally forgotten that the, the ps3 had so yeah. this is what happens when you move into the next generation of gaming you get used to the fast load times you get used to the silent running of the console and you go back and you, you're surprised 
by the the last gen. I mean, I, I, I to I, be honest with you, on. I felt that a little bit on the like going back to the PS2 after playing Yakuza on the PS3. So I yeah, you, you're you always going to get a bit of that. Yeah, I don't think the PS4 and the Xbox One are particularly bad though in those respects. I would still say the Xbox One is quite a machine in the PS4, but yeah. of course over time, I think the PS4 gets to sound worse and worse. And it also is very dependent on what game you're trying to play. Those ones that push a system more are going to create, you know, more, uh, going to need more power, and therefore the fans going to have to work harder. Yeah, I mean, even playing Final Fantasy XIV, which I have been over the last couple of weeks, has made that system tune a lot more than I thought it would. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I just think at this point in time, my PS4 is long overdue an upgrade. It's very, very loud. But I don't know, Tom Parry. I don't know if I will get a Series S. I think if I were to go Xbox, I would still get the Series X, despite me not really wanting to buy that many disc games. Mm. I think, especially with the Series X, to be honest with you, even with the PS5, I know PS4 games are backwards compatible, but if I think about how many Xbox 360 games, and again, Xbox games I have, I'd probably want the option, if I am going to keep those discs around to play them, I think we also have to bear in mind that, well, there are quite a, a large amount of 360 games backwards compatible on the Series console, well, Series X yeah. specifically. There's not actually a lot of original Xbox games. No. You know, I think some people maybe sometimes lose sight of actually how little there is for the original Xbox library that's actually compatible. And Microsoft like to say, oh, you can play three generations of consoles, but... Yeah. You can play a handful of games from the original Xbox. I know there's more being uh, made available, like you've mentioned previously, Republic Commando. I wouldn't say it's a major selling point if, if you're thinking about playing original Xbox. On no, the Xbox of course. Series X. But I mean, I don't have an original Xbox here, despite having quite a mm. large library of original Xbox games. I don't know, man. Like the games I have are all playable on the on the 360 and Xbox One. So for me. That is a selling point still. Okay, that's I, cool. Yeah. I was actually, I ran into, the other day I went to a flea market, and I'll talk a bit more about this in a bit, but I did see an original PS3 there, like the the fat 60 gig that can play PS2s. And it, it was a very nice price. I think it was about 50 quid. And I was like, should I get that? And I was like, well, I don't bloody need it. I've got a PS3 that has a really nice large hard drive on it that I could use to play PS3 games on. And I've got, like, 12 PS2s that all, like, flawlessly play PS2 games and PS1 games. Do I bloody need something I else? I think the argument for getting a PS3 would be greater visual clarity. Is there that much, though? Is it that I, I think if you run a PS2 from a component cable as opposed to a composite cable, you do see the significant difference in the image quality. At least I have, since I've been using a component cable. Official... Yeah. Sony one, that is. Uh, on 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 a yeah, it depends what you're playing it on. If you're playing it on CRT, there's no point. Yeah. But if you're playing it on a modern TV, yeah, it's nice. And I think yeah, the PS3 does quite a good job of upscaling PS2 games. But yeah, I'm not like you, Matt. One of those pure visual pure purists. Um, I will watch Digital Foundry videos and say I can't see the difference a lot of the time. Yeah. Um. But I still like watching it. I think they do amazing content. But it's not a um, major thing for me, personally. Just... Even frame rate. Um, hey, man. <laughs> quite used like, to fluctuating play a, frame rate. Play a game that drops to 15 frames and you'll notice the difference. Oh, like, yeah. That's all no, I it depends on how it's dropping. But um, I can't honestly say that in most cases, a slight dip in frame rate has been noticeable for me. When, or, I think also you get used to it. I know some people exactly. are more susceptible to it than others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, yes, the Xbox Series S. No, I'm. I bought it with the idea that going forward, I would probably get a PS4. But no, sorry, five. A PS5. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a PS4. I get a PS5. Um, that for that 4K gaming, for that 4K um, Blu-ray player, and the ability to play the uh, PS4 games on it also. Yeah. As I have quite, I have a much larger PS4 disc-based library than I do for the Xbox One. Yeah. No, I've got about nearly seventy Xbox One games. I've got really. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. I've got more PS4 games. That's it. It's got over 100 PS4 games. I, I think I've got about five Xbox One games. Well, I went into it thinking, you know, it'd be nice to have a reasonable library for both. So occasionally I'd decide, I think I'll get that one on the Xbox One. I think I have uh, the exclusives and not even all of those, to be honest with you. I have, um, I've got Quantum Break. Break. I, got sunset overdrive i've got recall because i always wanted to play that and i never have yeah. rare replay and that might even be it to be honest that well, might be you know, my disc collection um, for the xbox one you've you've done the sensible thing and, and bought what's uh you know exclusive to that system but uh, i think part of my thinking was oh yeah that's more hard drive space isn't it if yeah, i get some yeah, games yeah. for xbox one i'm not having to buy so many uh new hard drives for the ps4 so i've sort of my collection spans across those two consoles. Yeah. Say I've got a Batman game on each or whatever. You know, I've thought about you know having one of each franchise. I'm, I've got Doom on one, Doom Eternal on the other. Picked that up for five pound off Amazon recently. I know you're yeah. not the biggest fan of it, but at <laughs> five pound, I thought, <laughs> I thought I'll grab that one. Um, but that's what I've been doing across this last generation. But See, I think the pre- Series S, go on. I was going to say that's prepared you for this though. Like you have the ability yeah. now to go like actually maybe I'll just go uh, I'll be Xbox this generation, which is a bit yeah. No, well, yes, because also I was buying digital games on Xbox as well. Because yeah. of course with the Series S I can't use any Xbox One discs on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But hey, so I, I have mean, to go back to things. That's how it goes, man. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that is the trade-off. I mean, you and I—that is about the trade-off this. for the much cheaper price. You know, we are talking. Hundreds pounds less. What yeah. is that? To two hundred pounds less to not have a disc drive, yeah, and to not have four K. But I tell you what, fourteen forty p upscaled to four K. You know, <laughs> I don't even have a four K TV at this point. It looks pretty it good to me. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, HDR also makes a, a big difference because I wasn't sure about HDR to begin with, this high dynamic range. But playing Forza Four Horizon. It's it's a really uh, makes a difference in terms of the natural lighting, the light bouncing off the top of the cars and such. It it does add a level of depth and realism to the the game graphics that weren't yeah. really there on the previous generation. But okay. I was going to say, Matt, the Series S might be a good uh, good deal for you. You know, uh, bundle that up with some Game Pass if you still want to play Microsoft exclusives. Yeah. Then it's a very cheap, accessible way of doing that. Yeah, you're right. And like, had I had I kept games with gold and everything else, I would feel much more comfortable with that. But honestly, I didn't. I cancelled my Xbox Live. I never had Game Pass. Like, yeah, I could just get Game Pass now. Like, I don't know. Game man. Pass I'll... Ultimate. It's a little, again a little confusing. Yeah, because that I'll Ultimate see. is including gold, isn't it? Whereas it you is, can just yeah. get. But you gotta have gold and all. Yeah. I t- I Haven't you know. got to have gold to use Game Pass anyway? I think you I do, yeah. I'm not too sure. I don't, I don't know. I would guess. Matter. Anyway, what, what you can do, and what I'm going to do, is my Xbox Live Gold runs out uh, in a couple of days. I've yeah. cancelled the renewal on that. I've bought um, I bought one code for now at £35. It's always good to perhaps you know buy the Xbox Live Gold elsewhere, get a little bit cheaper. But what I intend on doing is getting a couple more years of gold, stacking that up, taking advantage of the offer to turn gold into Game Pass Ultimate, and effectively getting, I think, three years of uh, Game Pass Ultimate for just over £100. Yeah. Which is normally what you pay for Ultimate for one year. So, you know, this deal, if you, you know, stack up three years, which is the most you can stack up in any one go, and then convert that all in one go then you are saving a couple of hundred quid there. And when you think about how expensive Halo's going to be and Fable and those other exclusives, 50, 60 pounds a pop probably on release, yeah. you've already paid for them through Game Pass and also have all that access to all those other Game Pass games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it does seem like a good deal. I mean, especially now, like all these Bethesda games coming on there and everything else, like it, it seems like a no-brainer if you own that system. I'm very curious to see if Sony will try and do something similar because to me it's a very glaring omission. Did you see that, like, um, is it RBI Baseball or MLB Baseball? Yeah. The, the Sony 
exclusive up until this gen up until this release uh of baseball game was included in game pass on the xbox yeah. so it I, was... for a lot of people that will have been quite a big deal yes i mean it is yeah. a a huge franchise in japan and i guess also in america too but People who were super into Major League Baseball will have bought a PS4 and bought a PS5, and now it being on Xbox and being free if you have Game Pass seems like a a big loss for Sony. But let's see what happens. It's a good deal. I, I you know, I can't see much fault with how Microsoft have approached this generation, apart from the slightly confusing. There's not a very distinct difference between the two generations. You still use the same packaging, for example, for the game. They just stick stickers on them telling yeah. you that they're compatible with the X. But the way all that works, this smart delivery system does work very well, and I don't know if it works as well on the PlayStation. I don't um, think it does. Um, no. I'm curious, but I mean... As someone who had a launch PS4, I thought that was a pretty rough launch as well, and I think they yeah. ironed out those things as they went along. So maybe, maybe the Xbox One being uh, the console it was led to them being prepared for when this came out. I don't know. I think it's um, incredibly competent in the way it moves. I move between the Xbox One and the Series S flawlessly. The save games exist, must exist in a cloud because every time I play a game, a digital game that I've been playing on yeah. Xbox One on the Series S, my save's there. Yeah, It's just there automatically and I just carry on playing. I could move between the two consoles if I wanted and play a game across both, which is inevitably what I'll do because I've started Fallout 4 now. And yeah. uh, when I get Game Pass, I'll then start playing Fallout 4 on the Series S and yeah. my save that I'm playing on the Xbox One will still be there. That's nice. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I I think that exists to a certain extent with the PS5. I just think it's a bit more cack-handed in how it's done. Yeah. Let's of course, see. you know, there's certainly advantages to the PS5 in terms of its next-generation controller. But what I will say right now is the series controller is slightly different than the Xbox One controller. Right. In a way that I don't think has been documented too well on the internet, the um, the triggers, the what would you call them? Do they have the LT and the RT? I, yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. the exact. Yeah, the uh, triggers. Yeah, they are wider. Okay. Which you ne- wouldn't necessarily know. Uh, they have. I think it's been documented quite well that they have a grip on them now. The triggers do. Right. Um, I think that actually makes quite a big difference. I feel like the analog sticks feel higher quality. Maybe it's because it's a new controller, I don't know. But I do have several reasonably new Xbox One controllers, and I still think that the sticks feel slightly more accurate and smoother on the Xbox Series controller. The D-pad is so much better. It feels so definite. And when you move back to the um, PS4, it makes it feel so squidgy. That PS4 D-pad. And, yeah, it's really nice. And the way it's um, designed to be like a circle uh, as opposed to a cross, yeah. it does make those sort of uh, quarter circle inputs on fighting games uh, a little better, actually. It just feels nicer to use, I would say. So there may be very small differences, but they actually do, for me, actually in practice, yeah. uh, they feel like a nicer controller to use now of course they're not as in innovative as uh, sony's uh, haptic feedback dual sense five yeah um, thing but i unfortunately i've not had the opportunity to try that yet but you know don't overlook the fact that the series controllers are actually an improvement on the xbox one controller albeit a little just a little. yeah i hey man like it'll eventually happen i will enter this generation at some point soon but for right now I just um, I can't literally I I'm physically being restrained from entering this generation by lack of yeah. stock. So it's it's must be incredibly frustrating. I mean, had I not been as lucky as I was, I might not have even got a Series S when I did because they I mean, say they're quite I hard can, to get. I've so. I've seen Series S's and like obviously I talked about it in the podcast. I've seen a PS5, but was slightly overpriced and with a lot of stuff that I didn't necessarily want. And then I've also seen a Series X in a shop and held it and gone, should I buy this? Shouldn't I buy this? And I, I didn't end up pulling the trigger in the end. 
I don't know, man. Like, maybe, I think, at this point in time, I think, with the stock being what it is on a PS5, maybe I would buy an X if I see one again. But again, I, I'm not really in that much of a rush. Like, I, the games I'm playing right now, mainly Final Fantasy and Apex, are on old systems. I don't need a new system to play them. Even though no. I do, Final Fantasy fourteen plays like a dream on the PS5. Mm, I think there's a slight danger of people really selling, um, sorry, putting down the last gen as, as being, oh, not so good. But, you know, if you move between those consoles, there are only these slight differences in load times and resolution and maybe frame rate. But they're not that bad, the old systems. Yeah. And I think there's such focus on the new ones and, you know, how good they are in, in, in those respects. Really... Um, doesn't do the last generation justice. No, it doesn't. There is no need to upgrade. No, and I, I honestly, like, like that's what I was about to say to you is that I think a lot of this talk around like, oh my god, the next generation system is night and day is purely from not. people who have paid five hundred quid for a new console. <laughs> there aren't that many games, and they're trying to justify it to themselves, which is you know, what I mean. You the one do, thing right? I can't contest to is four K. Yeah, I can't say that I've played a video game in 4k so it unless that totally blows my mind which i don't see it doing because i think 1440p upscaled is is you know not so shabby itself in itself yeah um but yeah they go they're, they're fine the last generation of consoles it's sort of like the difference between buying tesco finest um cheese and buying um regular cheese <laughs> yeah you might, you know, you might be like, oh, look at that Himalayan salt. But at the end of the day, it's still salt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's what I'd say on it. So I wasn't wanting to break the, you know, the bank balance on the um, newer consoles. And, you know, that was a huge reason why I got the Series S. It's also incredibly small. Yeah. I like Incredibly the size tiny. It's like a Kleenex tissue box, but a bit taller. I like it. I I think it looks good. Like I it's, I've talked about this. I would say it's times. the nicest looking console of this uh, generation. It's kind of weird because it kind of reminds me a little bit of that uh, black and red, also known as the Canadian Wii, like that late generation Wii that you have that I keep seeing and going, oh, I should buy one of those. Well, in terms, of, it doesn't really look like that, but it's in terms. No, of... but it's it's got that aesthetic <laughs> charm that that console ah. has. I know it doesn't look like it, Tom. Like obviously, <laughs> uh, but. It's, it's got white. that aesthetic charm of a like a, a late generation small. revision yeah. is what it, I was going to say. It's small. Yeah. Um it's very small. In, in when you you won't know it till you get one in person take it out of the box, but I audibly went wow. I mean, I couldn't help myself when I saw how small it was. I was like, wow. Yeah. And you know, some people might not even care about how small it is, but there is uh, something about its form factor which I find incredibly appealing. Me too. I, I saw it in El Gigante and I was like, oh, wow, that's a really nice looking console. I'll get one eventually. Like, even if I don't, even if I end up buying an X, I will undoubtedly pick one up because I like how it looks. It's sad, <laughs> but true. I hope it does well. I I, I assume it's selling rather well because it seems to be at least out of stock at various places in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would recommend the console, but, you know, you've got to bear in mind the few things about space, no disk drive. But I tell you what, I think this generation, I will probably move away from having a physical game collection for this next gen. I'm probably going to do the same, to be honest with you. I don't see the point nowadays. I, I far prefer just jumping from game to game without having to get up and put a disc in. And that sounds incredibly lazy. But also no, but it's it... to do with space as well. Yeah. You know, I still buy um, retro games because obviously the packaging is a lot nicer. Yeah. I've been picking up a lot of Master System lately. You get a nice box, you get a uh, instruction manual. Whereas nowadays, if you're buying a physical game, unless it's a special edition, it's slightly underwhelming, you know? Yeah. It, it sort of feels like, well, there's no point. Well, the point is, if it's cheap, like that copy of Doom yeah, exactly. I got for a fiver, yeah, I'll buy the physical one, you know? And that's why I like the option of having a disc drive. It's nice. Is yeah, just it that is nice ability that occasionally option. to go, hmm... I'm going to buy this cheaper than it is on the store. Because, I mean, it's definitely the case with Nintendo games. Like, I bought Cadence of Hyrule for, like, about 17 quid the other week. Yeah. And I was just like, 
I would never buy this game otherwise. Like, I liked Persona 5. I still haven't played it, but I was like, well, Persona 5 Strikers has made me think, mm, maybe there's something to these Musha games that I quite enjoy. I mm. like Zelda. Let's try that out. And I would never have bought it for 40 quid or 50 quid, and that's what it seems to be selling at still. But yeah. £17 is a physical copy. Why not? Yeah, I think this is where Game Pass does come into it a bit. If you, you have decided to go with Microsoft and... There is quite a lot. I'm not saying everything's on Game Pass, but... But most it stuff is... you would want to play, right? Like, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I would say so. So that will obviously go some way to convincing people, well, maybe I don't you know, need to be buying the physical games anymore. And you, there's obviously an argument um, for you know having uh, physical games. We've seen... I mean, can we talk about it now if you want the PlayStation uh, Store? On yeah, the PS3. I mean... Before we get into that, I mean, okay, it's kind of a weird time for these things, right? Like, I we talked about it a little bit on the podcast last time that I had on the Lost podcast. Uh, I talked about, <laughs> and, and that that wasn't a celebration of JJ Abrams. We weren't talking about hatches. Uh, I I'm referring to the podcast that we unfortunately couldn't release. Um. I had uh, done the stupid thing that I said I wasn't going to do, and I purchased um, the Super Mario All-Stars 3D collection. Super Mario All-Stars 3D, is that what it's called? I don't even bloody remember. Uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, I That's think. the boy. Uh, that, that physical collection of um, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. Just because it was in that lead-up to the last weekend, there was one copy of it left in the shop, and I was like, oh, fuck it, I should probably buy this. So I did. I'm glad that's what Nintendo were hoping. Yeah, and then I (laughs) I felt like an idiot because I saw that Nintendo Life article. I was like, yeah, sales surge. Like, Mario is number one now in the UK. I was like, oh, fuck you, Nintendo. It worked. If that's why they did it, you know, I think it's a little bit cheeky. Um but you could look at it like, you know, it was a limited special game for a year of Mario's uh, yeah, birthday but it was celebrations. Like clunky ports of Mario games, like it wasn't even I that. would say it has a slightly underwhelming front end. Yeah. Um I wouldn't say the ports are clunky, however. I don't know. I mean them completely changing the how you played Super Mario Sunshine and then not giving you the option to play it the classic way seemed a bit clunky to me. I know oh, they what, what, what was the way they changed it? Oh, did they move a button around or something? Uh, they completely inverted the controls. Oh. Oh, did they invert them to... To How did they invert them? controls. Oh, did they? Oh, they aren't inverted anymore. No, like, you can, there's an option to invert them now, but it wasn't. They just made them uh, the correct way in inverted commas. I wouldn't say the correct way, Matthew. Yeah, I know, Tom, but we haven't got time to talk statement. about that. We've got too many games. Um, <laughs> so I, I bought that. I bought um, Breath of Fire, uh, Shadow Dragon, whatever the hell it's called. Um, Breath that's of special. Fire? Um, Fire Emblem, sorry, not Breath of Fire. God, <laughs> that's say, just it's not been a Breath of end. Fire game for a no, while. No, it's um, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. They did a remake of the original NES uh, game. They've already done that on the DS. I already own that, but they did a, a nice version of it where they localized the NES version into English for the first time ever. Famicom version, I should say. And I bought that um, as part of this as well because that was getting delisted and had a nice little banner on it going, oh, once it's gone, it's gone. I was like, well, I should probably buy that then. Um... Yeah, I I fell into this, and then lo and behold, like a week after we did that podcast, turns out that Sony will be shutting down the the stores for the PSN for PS3, PSP, and PS Vita. And obviously, this has got a lot of people in kerfuffle. I myself was like, "Oh my god, what have I got to buy that I can't get?" And I was like, "Actually, not really a lot." <laughs> it was the same here with me. You know, I didn't have that panic because I'd already invested quite a lot into uh, digital PS3 games throughout its lifespan. This is something I find very interesting about people panicking now. It's like they've gone the whole lifespan of the PS3 without even considering buying a digital game. Yeah, You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's people out there like that, but I've been picking up stuff digitally that's been only available digitally for that reason for years. Yeah, And therefore now, I don't feel there's a lot left that uh, I really feel I need. To be honest with you, there's there's one or two games that I was like, oh, maybe I should get um, Tokyo Jungle. and Oh, maybe I should get this. But at the same time, I've had many an opportunity to buy Tokyo Jungle. 
and I've not really bothered. So like, because you don't do really I... want it. Yeah, exactly. Do I need to buy it? And I mean, people are just buying stuff because they feel they have to buy it for some sort of idea that they're preserving uh, the game. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, everyone is like, everyone's everyone doing the same is, thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, let's be honest, all of that stuff that's on PSN has been like downloaded and exported and everything. It exists in a digital format somewhere. And I'm, I mean, yeah. Granted, there were cases like, uh, do you hear this about the Ninja Gaiden collection and why it's got uh, Ninja Gaiden oh, yes. and Sigma? It's because they've lost the source code. And it's like, well, that's the source code. That's not the digital version of the file. Like, you having a disc-based version of Ninja Gaiden for the Xbox, which I do, doesn't preserve that version of the game. Like, that should be work being done by developers well, and stuff. Often that, that's care. it. You can't re-release the game again yourself by having a physical copy of it. You can play it yourself, but there's no way you can... Um, we could lend it to a friend to play if they haven't played I mean, it, but that's the best you can really do. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think there's a lot of game culture and obviously people wanting to like stream stuff and people wanting to do stuff i mean don't get me wrong like every time i've done i've wanted to do castlevania and adventure on the game boy i'm like shit i haven't got that wii version and i've i've had to hassle you for footage for it but like at the the same time like it doesn't really matter like i don't i if i really wanted to find that footage i could go to youtube yeah admittedly i'm never going to be able to stream it on twitch but i don't really care and I'm sure at some point in time either it'll get re-released or someone will crack Wii emulation. They probably already have. I could probably already download it. And I, I think like there's probably my people Wii and put it on got there. these. Yeah, got these files. But you know, it shouldn't have to resort to pirating to have you know uh, them available. Yeah, but I mean, like this is the same logic of like why people buy VHS cassettes for really shit horror films, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's that people want to be able to see it where they are, and I don't think that people can cope with this idea that because of Netflix and everything else that stuff isn't available. Like, don't get me wrong, it's really annoying. I watched, um, I watched like all 300 and something episodes of One Piece that are on uh, Crunchyroll. And now there's yeah. a massive gap of like 600 episodes I can't watch because of licensing. And I'm like, oh, this is really shit. So you... Oh, you're so not... the ones after that gap are available, but there's a period of time where yeah, you can't... It was like, there's like 600 episodes I can't watch because of licensing, and I was like, this is shit. This, this is, is where you want to own it physically, yeah. Either to own it physically or push you towards piracy, surely, which oh, is ironic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems as that's the whole point of that. Well, I sure. mean, to buy those things physically, <laughs> I imagine, will be very expensive. 30 quid to pop for nine episodes. Not going to yeah, happen. It's, it, it's, it's silly. It's like the Evangelion on DVD, for example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, it... I get the idea of wanting to preserve things. I get the idea of wanting things at your fingertips because that's what music is now, right? Like, music is democratised to that sense of, generally speaking, whatever you want to listen to, be it if it isn't an obscure local band and it isn't on YouTube or Bandcamp, chances are it's on Spotify. Like, biggest artists of all time, the biggest records of all time, generally speaking, now are all available on Spotify, which is for better and for worse. It's nice to have it, yeah. It is. It's just convenience of it, right? And I don't think yeah. people can wrap their heads around the fact that that isn't the convenience. And I mean, living in Denmark especially, I feel this a lot with films and stuff that it's really annoying that I can't watch certain films when they're released and all of this other stuff. But I've see, heard that Amazon Prime now in Denmark, well, at least my account doesn't work anymore. <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're clamping down on this sort of international uh, consumption of media and, uh, well, they've been doing this sort of thing for years, yeah. haven't they? Well, I mean, this yeah. is just the fucked up thing of, like, it, there is more money in regions and everything else. Like, I've come to terms with this. Like, I was really against this for a long time. But, like, this is this is just the old business model made new again. Like, digital... In an ideal world, you would be able to get digital distribution rights for an anime and you'd be able to just show it wherever the fuck you wanted. But of course, the people who own that anime want to make as much money from that anime as they possibly do, so they carve it up into regions, which is why I can't watch the fucking anime I would like to watch. And then they wonder why people pirate. And it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. You either you either mm. make it easy for people to legally access something... yeah. And you end up like Spotify, where the artists make no money. Yeah. 
or you completely lose all money that you could possibly get because people pirate. This is a completely different conversation, sorry. <laughs> the The fact is, though, I think people are so obsessed with this idea of being able to access everything instantaneously that they are now going out and spending a lot of money on games that they would never have probably played. The same way I do. Like, I mean, we go to flea markets all the time. We talk about, like, oh, look at this. I picked up, I picked up some PS3 games the other day in a charity shop. And I'll probably never play them. But it was like, oh, well, this is all the God of War collections for the PS3. I now have access to all the God of War games should I want to go back and play the God of War games. Well, that that is part of collecting, isn't it? It's the convenience. Yeah, you collect for the convenience of knowing you've got it and knowing if you did want to play it, you have the uh, ability to do so. Yeah, but I also think I've moved past that point now of... Yeah, no, uh, same, same here, you know... Um, I get the games I want to play. I don't get the games I think, oh, they're not going to be around. I need to own them. Well, I know I'm not going to play them anyway, so why should I go out my way to own them? Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, you and I don't have the ridiculous Steam libraries that I think some other people have because we we just have ridiculous physical backlogs, which is why we're both talking about moving to digital. But... Hmm. I I think it's become normalised. There was actually an article about it on Kotaku. Uh, no, I I week, saw that. You know, I, I had a few a few thoughts on that, and it was the idea of well, don't buy the game. I think they were saying if if you if you don't want it, right? Yeah. It may be cheap, but if you've got other stuff to play, then uh, don't buy it. But I have an argument against that. It's sort of like a new game comes out, and you can't help but get caught up in the hype of it. Uh, if it's something you want to play, like Biomutant's coming out, right? Yeah. I want to get Biomutant. I want to play it because I want to experience the game. I might never complete it, but I still want to play it, you know. And that might stop me from playing through another game I'm playing at the minute. But that is the nature of video games. They're so long, you know, consuming yeah. the entire thing is quite difficult. Yeah, I, but I will play I... a good few hours of most things. And then something else comes along, and I'm like, well, I really want to try that. So, you know, I'll get that, and I'll play a good amount of that. But I can always go back to them. You yeah, know, but I I, the I think, though, Tom Parry, you are a, a bit of a unicorn in this space. Like, I look at that article, and I go, yes, I literally have potentially hundreds of video games that I've never even touched. But and I have, yeah, I, is, I, I've that played is everything. What that is about, exactly. Like, you yeah. at least are experiencing those. <laughs> Not but like when I... in their entirety. <laughs> But <laughs> no, I but I mean, you never that, do you... though, do you? Like, you no. never like. It's very rare you play a game. I mean, l- listeners of the podcast know this is a long running joke. But you like to go in, you like to experience the game's mechanics, and go, okay, cool, this is what this game is. But yeah, and get I, I get a significant amount of enjoyment from it. Yeah, uh, but you know, I'm trying to get better at that. And a game, I'll just quickly say, Ori in the Blind Forest. I keep coming back to it. I'm gonna complete it. I'm yeah. really far into that game. There you okay. go. I, I, I am capable of doing it. No, if I'm I... that into a game, I will finish it. Of course. And I mean, that's not the point. But I think the art, the point of that article, I think is by Luke Plunkett, is essentially yeah. saying, like, if you are never going to touch this game, don't buy it. It goes back to oh, what yeah, I've no, said. I'm, I'm in agreement on that. If you have no intention of playing it, yeah, then don't buy it. Yeah. I I say this all the time. <laughs> like I this is I need to finally just do like a retro gaming like collection advice video because I see it yeah. all the time and it really annoys me. If something is not like if you perceive something as cheap but you would not purchase it if it were full price, it is not a bargain. Like No, no. No, of course. You like I I saw a thing earlier on like one of the retro groups I followed. And it was some guy who was like, oh, I paid 210 euro for this, like, lot of super of Mega Drive games. Did I get a bargain? I'm like, well, if you don't think that you got a bargain, you clearly didn't get a bargain. Why did you spend 200 quid on games that you don't know? I'll just it interject to say, I do plan on playing Doom Eternal, by the way. I just didn't buy it because it was five pounds. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably play Doom Eternal as long as I did, which is why I got out of a life. Is, is it that bad? No, I thought oh, it would be I really pretty don't like good. it. I don't okay. like it. Fair enough. Yes. No. I. I definitely um, get your point uh, entirely. It's like it's I, coming from someone who collects Game Boy games. Yeah, but I mean, like, my ambition is eventually to play all of those fucking Game Boy games. Like that is the yeah. Point no, I think uh, you've you know evidenced I mean? uh, so far your, your desire to do that through your uh, YouTube channel. 
And that, yeah. like, that's the thing. Like, would I, like, I toyed with briefly that, that stint of me buying the Master System games I wanted and going, like, well, there isn't, like, that many Master System games. They're pretty cheap. But I was like, no, you fucking idiot. Don't buy a full set of Master System games. You're never going to play them. What's the point? <laughs> no, I, I've been getting back into Master System uh, games lately. Uh, but no, I don't intend on buying every Master System game because uh, because there's things I don't want to play. Uh, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, I've got 50 now, though. 50 Master System games. Uh, I, I think you know, I might. I'd I say think, are all pretty pretty good. I think I might have about 50 Master System games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got 50 games I like to play. I've sort of calmed down now. Uh, but it's a, it's a great system. It is. Master System. Master, massively great system, underrated. System. And I think that the reason... I'm sorry to be going off tangent now, talking about Master System, but I think there's a lot of focus on NES because a lot of uh, YouTubers, and I think YouTube is a huge way people are influenced yeah. uh, to you know collect retro games, yeah. are based in America and, and they've grown up with the NES and uh, people want NES. Yeah. But over here in the UK and Europe, the Master System was bigger and uh, it is a more competent system, uh, technically, at least. Uh, I don't want to put the NES down because it's really quite something. It has some great games on it. But don't overlook the Master System <laughs> because well, I mean, it's a th- very good th- console. The thing is about the Master System, right, is I, I had experienced it through friends, and they didn't necessarily have good Master System libraries. And, like, yes, I liked Tasmania. Yes, I liked Alex Kidd. Best version on the math system, Tasmania. Yeah, it's a good game. It's the best version of the game, yeah. But, like, I I played so much shitty Master System games. And, like, names escaped me, but I just remember, like, having a bad time playing that system compared to other things. And I was like, well, this just feels like a third-rate Mega Drive, blah, 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 because I was oh, 10. Oh, no. Oh, God. I, hey, this is, this is young. I know, I know, I know. Where you know going? Better. But, like, and I, I think that the... The quality of NES game that was in my house, thanks to my brother, was very high. Like, generally speaking, the games I owned for NES were things like Bubble Bobble. They were Nintendo games. They were Capcom. Konami. Bubble Bobble's on Master System. It is, and it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad version of Bubble Bobble, but, like, yeah. I didn't experience any of these games. So in my in my mind as a kid, I made up my mind that, okay, this is shit. And then when I bought a Master System here in Denmark, the games that came with it, again, were, like, Rampart, Marble Madness... Uh, and a few other bits and bobs that I was like, oh, these aren't very good ports of these games. Okay, like, I guess they're fine, but th- I'm not seeing anything here. And it wasn't until I bought that copy of Power Strike that I was like, holy shit, there's some really good straps on the system. And then I went down that rabbit hole and was like, yeah, that system's pretty good. Um, Cast of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, uh, Wonder Boy Monsterland. These are games I actually streamed recently. Yeah. And two very fine examples of... Uh, really excellent mass system games and there are many more but uh yeah we did go on a mass system tangent then but i'm glad you went there because i also wanted to talk about <laughs> my love for the master system yeah but yeah, yeah. The, the the playstation uh store going down um it's a great time to pick up those games that you really want to play pick up those ps1 games that are incredibly expensive physically yeah. uh this is your last chance to do that i think there is um an incentive to to get some stuff right now but you know don't feel like you have to grab everything that someone says is but you must buy these games you see this youtuber video buy these games now and it's like well if you like the look of them fair enough but (laughs) don't feel pressured into uh, (laughs) buying up the library as much as i as much as i love uh sweeter than uh one and two like if you have not played the sweeter than games and they've been around for like what over twenty five years at this point. Are you ever going to play the Suicide Den games? I'm certainly not. I mean, I say I say that as someone like I said I really like those games. I own them physically. I I own them digitally as well because I was like, wow, this is great. I can play it on my PSP. But I I say this honestly, like, are you ever? Ask yourself before you buy them, are you ever going to play them? And, like, be honest with yourself. Don't just be like, oh, I might play them one day. It's like, well, yeah, but that's still four quid that you could have spent on something else that would have brought you a more amount of joy than, I don't know, mm. a bug's life on the PS1, for example. I don't bloody know. Like, 
Um, I think a good, good, good point to to mention right now is if you have purchased games already, you'll still be able to download those from your download list. Uh, So don't worry about having to uh, have everything on your system before the store closes or or having to buy any sort of external drives or anything to save, back up all your games. Uh, But at least for the foreseeable future, you'll still have access to all those purchases. Exactly. And that. That's and the PSN will be available across because the PSN is what it is. It's one service available across um, multiple platforms. That service, I imagine, should be available, you know, for a very long time to come, unless they change yeah. it completely. One would assume. Let's see. Like, it's also this hey. thing that's going around right now about um, not being able to play PS4 games on your console if you're not uh, connected to oh, PSN. Right, so this is a thing where apparently if a battery dies in your PlayStation, that yeah. eventually it won't be able to authenticate if the PSN servers ever went away, and it's just like, who fucking cares? <laughs> Honestly, like, I say this as someone who who's definitely, like, a retro game preservationist and all the rest of it, like, PS4s are so multiple, also PS5s play PS4 games. It, mm. it doesn't really matter. I, I think I, if you're really interested in playing those games, there's a good chance you'll have a PS5 in the future where you'll still be able to play them on it. The battery you can replace. Yeah. The, 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 the PSN isn't going anywhere. Um, so the likelihood of you losing access to playing those games is incredibly um, slim. I think there's this, as we're talking to you before the podcast, this sensationalism around things. Oh, make a YouTube video on it, get hundreds of thousands of hits because people are looking it up because they're concerned and it, and they're sensationalizing the, the problem. That yeah. <laughs> It's the same with um, what's happened. I saw a video today regarding the PS store closure. It's created a surge in people interested in the PS3 again. Yeah. And therefore, PS3 um, secondhand prices are rising on eBay. Right, yeah. and then the the guy doing a video says, "Right, now's the time to buy up all the PS3 games." And by telling people to do that, aren't you artificially raising um, the prices by creating more demand anyway? Yes, but I mean, like, also <laughs> it, that works out in your favor if you are a big YouTuber who has a massive, ba- who has like a garage full of PS3 games. You're like, "Oh, great, cool! Now I can sell these for forty quid a pop." Like. Well, you could do. The guy who was doing the video seemed like uh, he was definitely collecting, but I was surprised when he turned around and says, yeah, I bought 60 the other day. And, like, what? honestly, you can't want to play those 60 games. You've no. been into games for years, and yet, what, you've bought no PS3 games? Yeah. In the t- only now are you deciding you've got to buy them all? Well, maybe you sold your collection. That's what. Well, thing. I mean, I, I say this in the nicest possible way, right? Like, as someone who's been collecting whatever... It's already too late to buy PS3 games. Like you, the time to buy PS3 games is around the launch of the PS4. Like mm-hmm. it's the same with the 360. Like 360 games are pretty scarce now. If you want to get good 360 games, because everyone who wants to buy and is looking at the future of collecting has already bought those good PS3 and 360 games. Like it's too fucking late to do that now. Anyway, all this is gonna do is create a, a rush of people trying to like get ps3 libraries and who cares like at the same time it's, yeah like, it's like filling in gaps in my library oh i hate that it's like the vita <laughs> right like the vita is a perfect example of this there's no nostalgia for that console the no. market for ps vita games is purely driven by a collector mentality that someday this is going to be worth something i would argue that of course like neo geo pocket color and stuff are good examples of this of like hey these games are expensive and they got even more expensive when people started realizing hey maybe i should pick up the neo geo pocket color but like it's not it's not driven by nostalgia you're never going to get like nes prices and stuff because the vita is in that system it's just a niche thing and by artificially inflating that market you're doing the same thing like yes there will be stuff that people are nostalgic for for the ps3 i'm sure in, like, 15 years' time or whatever, when the next generation of gamers who grew up with the PS3 is at that age where we are now, where we're like, oh, we're, I'm nostalgic to yeah, play. Yeah, it, it, it's trends, isn't it? We're seeing a trend now based around all the stuff about the PlayStation Store. Um, I don't know how that makes people want to buy physical games, because they're not going anywhere. But uh, it, it's sort of like the brand is trending. Yeah. Everyone's thinking about PS3, and therefore they may be thinking, oh, yeah, PS3 used to love that. Oh, I'll buy that game I used well, to. Well, I mean, 
they, they want to buy physical stuff for the PS3 now because they're afraid that they will not be able to get it digitally, and they want like <laughs> they want a hard copy of. I don't know. That's Gran it, Turismo but are Sport. there many people who were intending to buy PS3 games digitally right now? I mean, why? I, why would you? <laughs> I just, <laughs> again, like if you can get them on the disc, at least. I mean, I understand if you if you can only get them digitally on the, you know, on the store. But if you can physically buy it on a disc, then why would you prefer yeah. to buy it digitally when it's probably more expensive in some cases? I don't know, mate. I, I, I've never got this idea of, like, I must own these things because they're going to get deleted. Like, it sucks in hindsight sometimes when you can't get access to something, but, like, I've never... Yeah. Um, say if you... I, I was thinking of the... I was reminded the other day that was a Legend of Korra video game made by Platinum, yeah. right? And uh, that game you cannot buy at all. No. So things have been being delisted for years Right. I mean, but since the they 360, go, like... Yeah, they go totally under the radar, you know. Probably a lot of the things you might want to play aren't available now anyway because they were delisted years ago, but nobody made a fuss about them, so nobody knows. Yeah. I mean, again, like, everything that was on the Wii, like, when the, the Wii channel, the Wii Shop channel went down, lost access to, like, hundreds of games that have never been released in other places through WiiWare through, like, official ports of, like, TurboGrafx-16 games that, until very recently, weren't available on anything. Like, no one really cared. Like, people were disappointed by it, but, like, that was just a fact of life because I was a digital store. I I don't get it. I, I really don't. We've talked about this for It depends time. on the games. I mean, it's a shame that I don't think you can download the remake of Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion because that is... A- I thought that was a very good game. So, you know, people can't play that. And I could understand people think, oh, that's a, that's a shame that you can't play it anymore. But if you really wanted to play it in the first place, you probably would have bought it when it came out. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe exactly. you couldn't afford it at the time. That's, that's the point. I, but I, it was available on PC. It might still be available on PC. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Well, well that, was a, that was a fun rant. We got it a bit was. Of we talked about that for so. a very long time, Tom. And... Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know how to wrap it up. I don't know how to state anything other than like if you if you know you're not going to buy games, please don't buy games. Like it, there are there is more to life than just throwing money at video games. Oh, there is. You know, a great example of that I saw another in the, another YouTube video was yes, I needed a label upgrade because this corner of the sticker on my copy of Mega Man X Two was peeling slightly, so I needed to. to... <laughs> I mean, I don't have that mentality around games, but there's bigger things in life to be worried about than the sticker on your cartridge peeling a bit, you know. Yeah. You've still got a copy of it. You can play it. I. You own it to play it. The only the only game I've ever done that with was a copy of Castlevania Legend. Well, you can... D- yeah, if the label's, like, ripped to shreds. Yeah, it was literally fucking... Yeah. <laughs> there was no well, then I, then I understand it completely. But I don't get the collector mentality of, oh, it's slightly slightly um, creased. Something slightly creased. Oh, it's fun to own another one. It's just I an mean, excuse to own another bloody game. Yeah, it is. Buy, I mean, buy a game again. Well, I mean, that that that's the fun of collecting, isn't it? Is that you want to get... You want to get something. You want to look at it and be like, oh, look at that. Look at this artifact of the past, I guess. I don't know. I can't bloody see off my games right now. No, the only games I can actually see are my Xbox One games because they're the only ones on a shelf that's visible. The rest are in <laughs> cupboards, yeah. and I think that's part of the issue, though. With people, if you have a game room, and I know this because I've had a game room myself, you'll sit there in your game room, you look at your shelves and think, "Oh, I'm missing that. Oh, I need to slot a few in there." Yeah. If you hide all your games away <laughs> yeah. and you're not looking at them all the time, then there's less of a chance that you think about, "Oh, I need to get that or get this." I mean, to be honest with you, right, like, I ranted and raved about it on this podcast, but, like, the death of RetroCollect has actually liberated me massively. Yes. That I don't know what Game Boy Color games I don't own anymore. Therefore, I'm not actively scouring the internet for them. (laughs) I've I've done the same on VG Collect, you know. Sometimes, you know, I look, oh, yeah, I've got a few hundred of them. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Oh, I've got this and I've got that. And it's like... Oh, if I get a few more, then I've got exactly two hundred games, and it's like, well, that's slightly yeah, stupid thinking. I, it is. It's really dumb. Like, 
and I, I can, I can be a hypocrite on this because I know it's them. And like, if I can shine the light in someone else's eyes to oh, make it's very, people realise, yeah, we've all but, kind of been there. But I mean, you know, the realization of it being a bit stupid is is pretty important. <laughs> all collecting is Tom Barry is proof that you can spend money on something. Like mm. it isn't the idea of collecting and the idea of gathering all of this stuff is ludicrous. Honestly, it is a really dumb thing, and I'm very aware <laughs> when I post to Twitter about collecting and everything else that this is a very niche thing. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. I worry when I post pictures of pickups and stuff, am I doing more harm than good because I'm creating this idea yeah, that people should it. be buying more stuff. But I do again, it as well. You know, I'm posting pickups. I'm making videos about pickups. Actually, I stopped doing Paris pickups specifically, but I recently did another one. <laughs> it could yeah. seem like the best platform for the mass system games. But yeah, I know exactly what, what you're talking about because I feel it myself. I don't feel too bad about encouraging people to buy old video games because I think they've already been produced. I think they're already out there and everything else. Well, I like to use it as a platform to recommend things and not yeah. to say you need to have these games, but if you see anything in this video you like the look of, because a lot of the time I've watched videos on YouTube, found out of a game I've never played before and it looks really cool. Yeah. And then, you know, then you play it and you really have a good time with it. It's not about yeah. owning it. It's about, you know, being able to experience it. And if you yeah. can create awareness of a game that, you know, you think's great and get others to play it, then I think that's a positive thing. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Two old men. And that's why we clients. do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. Okay. We've it's because we haven't podcasted for weeks. We we just really got into the meaty stuff this All time. All of this pent up rage around video game. Oh yeah. All, all the stuff we've been seeing lately in the last few weeks. It's just pouring out. Um. Okay. I'm actually gonna. Tom Parry, I'm going to draw a line under this podcast here because I think this is all it's been about. I know you've played a lot of stuff, so have I. Oh, well, yes, but I think I actually throughout this podcast, I've actually sneakily mentioned everything. Fallout, Wonderboy, uh, <laughs> Forza, Ori in the Blind Forest. There's one game, there's two games I haven't mentioned. Uh, that would be No Straight Roads and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, but I'll save them yeah. for next time. Um, I, I, The games that I've played, like I... Pan Pan was on sale on the Switch. Don't really recommend it, to be honest. It's a really nice visual style, but I'm not in love with it. Rip Them Off. Again, very nice visual style. Kind of a weird game. I'll talk about it next week. Nirvana Pilot You May is a really interesting game. I actually want to give it its own space, so I'll do that next week as well. Mm. Uh, and other than that, I've just been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen and a bit of Apex Legends and picking up some bits and bobs here and there, but nothing about yeah, I've been perhaps Thunder Force 4 for the Mega Drive. I've Oh, yes. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 and Dead or Alive 6, but then again, I sound like a, a broken record when it comes to those two games. Um, I will say Grand Blue Fantasy Virtus is a very good fighting game, uh, which, you know, I think was slightly overlooked and it's worth investigating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and No Straight Roads is a interesting one, which I'm really having to go into next time. Yeah, okay, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, cool, the gang. Right, um, as you probably heard, my throat is kind of giving way, so I'm going to have to call an end to this podcast. If you have enjoyed listening, apologies if there are any coughs that I accidentally don't edit out. I will try my best. Uh, Did you, you cough? Find... I can't remember you coughing. I, I've coughed a couple of times. Good. Have Hopefully you? Hopefully it has been... Mm. I've leaned as far away from the microphone as oh, I can. No. Hopefully it hasn't been picked it up. It bothered me, Matt. Okay, good. Uh, I farted you... several times throughout this podcast. I haven't really, but you wouldn't if... know if I did. We could do like a spot the ball competition. It's like, hey, get back to us at the point. <laughs> no, Tom no I haven't farted, but okay, uh, that's good, I have Parry. done in the past. <gasps> Shocking. Nobody farts, Tom Parry. Not on podcast. This is like radio. Be professional, damn it. Anyway, if you've liked this podcast and you agree that we have been professional, despite this profanity at the end, find us in a variety of places, as such as facebook.com forward slash Tom Attack, on Twitter at TeamACast, Tom Parry 11 for him, at Game Boyle for me. Um, you can find us on blastprocess.com, tomattack.com forward slash podcast. You can also listen to us in iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Why only there? Why not give us a cheeky rate, subscribe, etc., etc. Let's just know you're listening. Tom, always a pleasure, mate. Um, yeah, I'm going to Always go. a pleasure, Matt. Great to um, you know get back to this this week. I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better at least. 
Yeah, um, uh, hopefully there will also be a new biographic in the works this week. I've done, I've, I've recorded footage for like two or three games while I was sick, while I couldn't obviously talk. Um, but at the same time, I also kind of want to make a new video series. And so I need to do all the branding and stuff for that. And so I'm dragging my feet because I'm like, oh, I need to make thumbnails. I need to do intros and all this. Oh, that's stuff. the thing though, isn't it? It's not just making a video. It's thumbnails and then it's promoting it and all the rest of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So look out for that soon. It'll happen. It'll be fine. Okay, Tom. Lovely speaking to you as always, mate. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. Be sure, as always, to game on. Game on. <laughs>